everybody welcome back to another episode of the fortnite story i am joined alongside uh one of the best analysts in the game and a former professional fortnite player uh vivid how's it going man yeah it's going good uh first of all shout out to sbg for inviting me on um it's been a pleasure to one you know work with you on some some broadcasts and now getting the chance to kind of just talk it out uh, it's gonna be great and i can't wait to you know talk it up i've been listening to some of the podcasts and i'm excited to be a part of it because honestly there's been some really cool takes and really cool stories that have come out of this uh so it just makes me more excited to be a part of it cool thank you yeah no it's been a pleasure to get to work with you uh on past broadcasts hopefully we get to do it again soon in the future um which ones have you listened to just curious whose pods uh, I listened to a little bit of the MDF one and then a little bit of the, the resub one. Okay. Those were, those were the two interesting ones to me because, you know, they're talent as well as I am, right? So when I saw that you posted, I was like, man, like, I got to get into the minds of some of the other people that I work with, you know what I mean, on a, on a daily basis. So those were the two that I checked out. Yeah, two coworkers. Those, those two are also nice, fun conversations. I expect this one to be the same. Um, but let's start with you and your Fortnite career before you became a talent member because there was a period of time where you were one of if not the best player in the world um first of all did you know at that time that you were like the best when it was happening um man i, I don't think so honestly and it's crazy because you know it really wasn't that long ago uh, when i was a Fortnite pro and you know like a couple years or whatever um but it's, it's so hard to remember a lot of it, honestly, because it just feels like it was such a long time ago. But uh, no, I don't think I, I felt like I was the best at any point in time. Um, I was pretty level-headed, I feel like, when it came to the competition and being a professional in Fortnite. Uh, you know, there was always people around me that would always be telling me, like, yo, you're good. Like, even before I was professional, even before I made, like, a dime on the game, a, a big reason why I got into it was because a buddy of mine that I'd been playing, like, Xbox random games with, like, Gears of War and stuff like that, he was like, dude... You are so good. Like, you have to throw up the stream. So I feel like people around me would always kind of, like, hint at the fact that I was really, really good. But during the time period itself, um, I don't think that I was ever just like, yo, like, I'm so good. I'm the best. Uh, but it, overall, it was just, like, a surreal experience to be able to do that kind of stuff uh, yeah. in general. Yeah, I can imagine. So you weren't, like, in a Yamzo, just like, yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm my favorite player. Uh, I know we've chatted about that clip before. So We have. Yeah, dude, listen. I love the fact that Yamzo is that confident because, and I feel like the reason that I love the fact that he's that confident because I would never be that guy to like <laughs> openly be like, I'm the best. You know what I mean? So I love the fact that he's like that. I think he could really like give him the edge uh, down the road a little bit as he gets more experience. Yeah, definitely. And like he's continued to play very, very well. But going back to you, when did you like realize that you were as good because you said some of your friends were hyping you up and like people around yeah. you were telling you were good like when was the moment you're like oh i could actually like be one of the best at this uh you know what's awesome is back in the day people used to love to look at um i remember looking at like stats of people online like somehow there was like some tracker out there and uh, I would always look at my stats and compare them to streamers. Like, this is before that I made any amount of money. And I would look at my stats and I'd look at the streamer's stats. And obviously, this is, like, a terrible thing to do. Like, I would not advise doing this at all. <laughs> uh, but I was just doing it, right, out of the fun. Of it. I was like, yo, I'm playing this random game. Like, I'm a nobody. And I feel like I'm watching all these streamers. And, I, and it looks like I'm better than them. So let me look at this, like, stat page. And sure enough, like, my stats were, like, ten times better. Like, I think going back, like, I think, like, duos and, like, squads, my win rate was, like, 
higher than like 30 percent or something like that or you know something crazy along those lines and i was like dude i have better stats than like every single person that i look up to that plays this game like am i that good like surely not i'm just like finding random pub stomps and stuff like that um so i feel like that was like a first inclination during the early days of friendly that i was like pretty good at the game uh, I would say, like, the first official thing that I would hold merit to. And I used to know this event by, like, it was, like, the back of my hand. But I can't remember it now. This, it was some Blitz showdown or something like that. It was, like, a completely open event. And uh, I think the reason it was called Blitz is because I think the storms, like, sped up or something. It was a little bit of different of a game mode. Okay. And, uh, it was like I said, it was completely open. And I remember getting, like, 19th in this, uh, in this event. And, um... Basically, what ended up happening was because I got 19th, I, that's the reason I actually got invited to the first summer skirmish because I placed so high on that leaderboard. They just randomly selected people that were really? on that leaderboard, I'm pretty sure. And uh, so that's how I actually got invited and started, right? Like, I was a complete nobody, and most of the people that got invited to summer skirmish were, like, people that were already in the scene. But, like, me being a nobody, that's how I got in. Uh, so placing 19th, like, I remember screenshotting it and sending it to my friends and stuff like that and talking about it. Uh, like, yo, I got 19th. Like, this is crazy um yeah outside of that i mean being good at the game was just kind of always natural i mean it makes sense though that you would look at stats i feel like when everyone first started it was like how many wins did you have or like what was your win percentage and that was the only thing that mattered because pr earnings really wasn't a thing um and kd was kind of you know you could kind of look at kd but i feel like less in fortnite than other shooters it mattered um and then that's do you know for a fact that's why you got invited to the event was placing yeah. in the, oh okay yeah 100 i might be able to like find the email or something like that because i remember like like lumen was the one that emailed me and i think it said in the email like hey based on your performance in yada 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 like you've gotten an invite or something like that i'm pretty sure that was the case but i could be wrong and then four wins in summer skirmish and then from there the legend was started <laughs> dude that was that was a crazy time, honestly. Like literally, it's, it's, it's like literally zero to hero. Like that was that was such a crazy moment to the point where like, I, I don't even know. Like it was, it feels like in the moment it was probably like such a blur. Like everything was just happening so fast. Um, but it was awesome. And honestly, before summer scrimmage, something that a lot of people don't know, which is really really cool. God, the timeline is so jumbled. So I, I'm trying to make sure I get all this right, but. Before Summer Skirmish, and I kind of lied to you because, right, you asked me when I thought I was first good. I'm pretty <laughs> sure before Summer Skirmish, I got invited to play on, like, this, like, scrim team uh, for, like, Step 1 scrims. And okay. Step 1 scrims was basically, like, the open – yeah, I think they had an open system, but it led up to, like, invite-only kind of stuff. Um, so I was just streaming one day, and, you know, this friend talked to this friend, and then that guy talked to this guy. And eventually, this guy named Charlie um, – he reached out to me and he was like, yo, dude, like, or maybe I reached out to him or something like that. But I basically somehow got in contact with this Charlie guy and we wanted to do tryouts for his scrim team. And I kid you not, this was my tryout, okay? <laughs> he invited me to a game of Fortnite, okay? It was squads, like literally straight up. It wasn't a scrim, anything like that. It was pubs, pub squads. We played one game. I probably dropped like I don't know like 15 elims at the time and that was it like he was like all right dude thanks for the tryout we're gonna try out somebody else now and I was just like 
<laughs> like what? Like how did I just try out for a scrim team? Did you make the uh, team? I did make the team. Like literally, a I'm probably gonna find the message. Like he messaged me like a couple days later. He's like, "Yo, dude, like you made the team." And I was like, "Like I played one pub squad with this guy. Never heard from him again." I was like, "Dude, there's no shot I made a team." Like they went ahead and moved on with somebody else. But uh, now nah, he messaged me a couple days later, and I made the team. And uh, that's how I met. Um, it was me, Charlie. Harm and this guy named uh Kevy One. Now, Kevy One has like a bad rap, everything like that, or something like that going on. I don't know, but he ended up being my duo. And uh, before the summer skirmish days, do you remember? I think that you joined Fortnite scene afterwards. There was a, this event called um Dusk Before Dawn, I think it was called, and it was a Ninja Dr. Lupo event in Chicago. Okay. And this uh Kevy, when the event was announced, he instantly like bought the tickets. Before I was like even online, I think I was at like work or something like that. You instantly bought these tickets, and I was just like, "Dude, like, awesome! Like, let's do it." I had the I flew in to Chicago. He picked me up from the airport. I've never met this guy. I've had talked to him for like a month or two. Picked me up. We drove. I think it was uh, I think it was Sears Tower, but I'm not sure. I went to like almost like the top floor. Basically, just a bunch of PC setups and stuff like that. Long story short, we ended up getting second place by like one point, and we lost to none other than Nate Hill and Funk Bomb there. Damn. So. But that was pretty sick. Yeah, no, I, I was, pro I was playing Fortnite at the time. I didn't really know competitive Fortnite existed, probably until like midway through the summer skirmishes. That's about like where I was at, and then really fall skirmishes into Winter Royale is when I actually was like, damn, this is kind of cool. Because up until then, it was just you know a game that you play in your free time yeah. and. You play with your friends, and they all yell at one another, and then you're doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was from there. I've been following it since, but it's been a cool, cool time. You've been kind of the, the day one. I mean, if you're just looking at, like, I have the, unfortunately, the Fortnite wiki up, um, which rip, they lost a lot of their people, and it's not going to be updated anymore, but, you know, yeah, those historical things. Will still be there. Um, yeah, you got a, a great start there, man. Lots of ones, twos, threes, lots of them. You got a good start. It's cool to see. Yeah, uh, the first summer skirmish was it, it was crazy because um, literally, if you were if you were kind of I feel like if you were invested into the comp scene at the early days of Fortnite, you know, you had a couple of streamers back then. Uh, for me, the main one was uh, Chap. Chap was one that I liked watching the most back then. And, um, you know, we went into this summer skirmish thing. And the rules back then, you know, there was, like, some random format, you know, whatever. But it had this stipulation where if you won two games out of, like, I think we played five or six. Or we meant to play five or six. If you won two games, you automatically won the tournament. Like, you should have just won hmm. week one of summer skirmish. And um, Chap and Tom won the first game. And, uh, you know, this is back, dude, the servers were, were pretty bad back then, right? Laggy first game. You got to, like, mentally reset everything like that. And uh, we go on the game, too. And I remember the exact thing. I'm pretty sure it was right to the west of Loot Lake. And then it pulled to the Loot Lake house that was in the middle. Remember that little island that uh, had literally that one house on it? Yeah. How um, do you even remember this? I did. I don't know. But it literally pulled that. And it was uh, me and Kevy at the time, because he was my duo for this we were posted up on this island. So we pulled zone like hard. And um, 
it came down. And again, remember the stipulation is where if you win two games, like you're done. And Chap and Tom won the first game. Came down to a literal 1v1 between Kevy and Chap. And this is where that famous clip is from where Chap was it, it was Chap, right? He GLs himself. And he ends up dying, right? Like he's in, <laughs> literally in a 1v1 to win the tournament against Kevy, and he GLs himself, grenade launches himself. And uh Kevy ends up winning off of that. And that's pretty much why we were even in the running to like the rest of this tournament because you know chap lost his one if he won that one we won the tournament was over like right there they would have won straight out and i probably would have gotten like last place because we had a terrible first game but because kevin clutched up and because chap kind of you know effed up a little bit uh we won that second game and ultimately ended up winning that first week so the, the timeline of that event is just crazy damn that's really funny especially because like imagine you play two games and the event's over like that's yeah, just I was like what <laughs> that's it week one two games these two just kick ass they continue to move and it's like all right yeah no we're not doing any more of this uh, good luck to you guys <laughs> next week thanks for coming um they definitely finished what probably second or third i would imagine uh, yeah i i mean I, I have no idea off the top of my head but I would assume so. Winning a game back then was like huge. Like you were guaranteed like top, top five, top ten, or whatever. Um, and they obviously probably played pretty well. But I honestly, I don't know because the lag was so bad back then. They they might have just like flopped. So it's possible. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you mentioned that Chap was one of your favorite streamers, and for a lot of people, like the start of Comp Fortnite was probably watching Chap. He was like the big one at first. Him, Tifu, kind of blew up um yeah. tifu a little later i would say and then what was it like being able to play with someone that like you looked at as like someone you looked up to because you mentioned earlier that you know i looked up to these people and then i realized that they're better or i'm better than first of all was chap one of those people then like what was it like getting <laughs> to play with uh the liquid squad which never really seemed to be able to play together except for that one season um, okay, straight up, like I was a hardcore Team Liquid fanboy. Like, like I've always watched before uh, Fortnite was a thing. I've always watched like League of Legends, uh, like CS:GO. Like, I've always been a part of esports as a fan. Um, so I know about orgs and everything like that. And Team Liquid, um, was just my favorite. And honestly, it's on the back foot of there was this League of Legends player, and this was back when Team Liquid was called Team Curse. Because uh, in the early days of League of Legends, uh, the actual name was Team Curse, and then they paired up with something, some Liquid company, so now it's Team Liquid, whatever. And there was a this player on Team Curse named Voiboy, and uh, he was just my favorite player. And since he was on Team Curse, Team Curse automatically became like my favorite team. And when they branded, rebranded to Team Liquid, um, it just kind of transitioned over. So there was these, you know, four guys. Uh, I honestly, I never really got the. Um, the pleasure of like talking much with strife shot so mainly it was like the three guys like tom poach and chap that i pretty much looked up to okay. and then i feel like uh strafe shot was kind of just like on the side and it was kind of awkward because i was potentially replacing him so there's always like this like awkward thing there uh, but he was a really like cool down there guy any conversation that we always had he was very very cool um but yeah i pretty much looked up to the organization as a whole and then like i said i watched chap pretty much exclusively in those early days so I was already just like a straight up fanboy of the squad and the org as a whole. So like I was like, oh my gosh! Like I, first of all, I just beat these guys in summer skirmish, and you know, not long after, um, like I'm probably again 
this is all stuff that I can go back and look to because I still have all the DMs probably. But, uh, you know, Chap DM'd me and he was like, yeah, you want to try out for a squad? Yada, yada, yada. And dude, at this point, I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, just enjoying um, it, taking it in. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back then it was terrible because we were all under the assumption that, like, because every eSport before that, it was like, if you were on an org, you were on a team together, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, coming, picking a team and trying out for the team, it was awesome because, you know, I wanted to be a part of the squad. I wanted to dominate because these guys were, like, the best. Um, so that was, like, a really, really cool opportunity. And, like, I wish you could still find the stream because I remember talking to my chat and, like, freaking out with them while joining the lobby with the rest of the Team Liquid guys and going into the first scrim together. Like, I, I specifically remember just talking. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm here. I'm with them. Um, it was just so cool. Like, it was literally, like, meeting like your idol and then i don't even know like it's it, it was crazy at the time and still i feel like throughout my entire fortnite career chap was probably the one player that i looked up to like throughout for sure so it was crazy yeah that is crazy to hear especially like everything coming together like your favorite player might have been influenced uh, was he on liquid before you started watching him when did he join yeah. well I'm I sure feel I like no, I feel like out. I watched him when I when he was on Team Liquid. I think. Okay. I don't think I knew them because they were called Splode at one point. I think was their scrim team name before they were signed. And I, I remember always talking to them about like, oh, when we were called Squat or Splode, and I don't really remember when they were called Splode. So I'm pretty sure they were on Team Liquid when I first started watching him. Interesting. Okay. So like similar fanboy moment. You guys were some of my favorite people to watch when I was first starting watching <laughs> Fortnite. Um, like I'll still watch Tom uh, play whatever he plays now. Yeah. Just because like it seemed like you guys are really freaking good at the game, but had a lot of fun and were one of the few that didn't try and play the game the way it was intended. If you know what that, like what I'm trying to say by that, because especially 72 hours was always trying to like break the game in some sort of way um and then you three pretty much and and poach as well also just were all over the place right like at the early days of fortnite it was you guys and the phase guys those were like the two big like fortnite teams essentially and everyone thought it was going to squads like you mentioned yeah. And then it was like, nah, we're doing solo and duo World Cup. Good luck, everybody, and figure it out, um, which is really interesting. But you qualified for World Cup, almost double qualified. Um, you told me oh, an, man. an awesome story about you qualifying for World Cup. You want to share that one? Okay, so um, you you said so much there that I want to talk about. First, ah, fire at away. one point during this, let's wrap back around to Tom being a teammate. Uh, actually, I'll probably get into it a little bit here with World Cup because Tom was my teammate for World Cup. But um, gosh, man, solo World Cup. Listen, I'm gonna be straight up. This is I've only said this like a couple times, but leading into like World Cup was probably like the downfall in terms of like play time for me on Fortnite for sure. Uh, I was probably played maybe like five solo scrims leading up to it um me and tom were going pretty hard in any of the like the pop-up tournaments uh there's like explorer pop-up cups and everything like that there's a bunch of youtube videos out there where i think we got like third first place in a couple of those so we were a pretty good duo leading up to the world cup but solos um 
I just did not care for it anymore. That was like the downfall of literally like my playtime when it came to Fortnite. And uh, it was terrible because I was at the time there was like a solo player. Like I literally made a lot of you know my name from winning a solo summer skirmish week. Like yeah, like we got first place in duos. I think me and Poach got like second maybe or not. No, I think when we played duos in summer skirmish, we did pretty bad. But solos was usually where I did pretty good. And, uh, you know, like I said, I wasn't really practicing. But week one, you know, comes around for World Cup. And uh, for anybody that doesn't remember, it was this 10-week-long qualifying thing, five weeks of solos, five weeks of duos. And you had to get top six on the NA East region to qualify for World Cup. And, dude, I literally have the messages, so it's awesome. I'm in, in my last game, or what could have been my last game of the week one qualifiers, and I'm sitting in this base. Now, this is at the time where people started to kind of figure out the the meta around, you know, when to queue up or when to leave your games, right? How to maximize the amount of time you have in these tournaments, right? Because if you have 10 games to play and you have three hours, every Fortnite game takes like, you know, like 24 minutes around there. Uh, you have more games than you do time, technically. So I'm sitting in this box and there's like, you know, people are just running it down, right? Because there's like 10 minutes left in the queue. And if I play this game out, I will not get into another game, right? So it's like, okay, do I do the same thing that everybody else is doing? Do I like W key, get some points, go to the next and throw it all at this game? So I'm sitting in a box and I, oh gosh, Lonely Lodge. It was right outside Lonely Lodge. I'm sitting in a brick. I don't know how I remember all this. Brick <laughs> base. Uh, pick out my cone. Uh, this is probably before cones were like even fixed to the point where like you could you couldn't see through them anymore. Eh, maybe they were fixed. Who knows? And I start messaging the Team Liquid group chat. Right, it's me, Tom, Poach, Chap, and then Corey, our manager. And I'm messaging. Them. I'm like, dude, guys, like I'm at 50 points right now. Like top 10 is like 60. Like what do I do? Do I stay in this game? I got 10 minutes left. I can you know run it down. I can queue into another game. I literally message them while sitting in a box during like a freaking world cup qualifier 30 million dollar tournament i'm just messaging them on discord casually and the general you know we were all going back and forth the general consensus and i'm pretty sure chap was the one who's like dude just like stay in the game so i stay in the game and uh you know ultimately i end up clutching up get a couple of elims on low ground um you can i actually watched this specific clip but it might be on my youtube channel or something like that but they show it on like the main uh stream at the time of my run through and for anybody that doesn't remember the, the delay, right? Like they probably like a, I don't know, maybe a 10, five minute delay. Cause they were using replay mode at the time uh, to do all that broadcast stuff. I'm pretty sure. So it was like a big delay, but they ended up showing it on the Fortnite broadcast. But yeah, I ended up qualifying. And I remember, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like typing in the chat. Like I just, you know, got 10 points or whatever like that. I have 61. Is that enough? Is that enough? Is that enough? And uh, ultimately ended up being enough and, got messaged by like somebody that was part of the Fortnite broadcast. They're like, yeah, you want to come on do an interview? Uh, so I did an interview. I almost slipped up on the Fortnite broadcast at that time. By the way, you can watch the clip. Like I almost said a cuss word and I'm <laughs> catching myself. I was like, uh. um, but yeah, and I'm qualifying there. And it was awesome because it was week one. I, I was not putting in a lot of time at all in the solos. I have no idea how I qualified. Um, but that was awesome. And then, like, the rest of the solo weeks, like, I kind of just trolled the qualifiers. It Back then, I had a big mindset of I did not want to play because you could still play the qualifiers and you could still make it to the finals. Unlike how FNTS works now, like, if you qualify for the finals, like, you can't play anymore. Basically. Yeah, you can play everything. 
you could play every single one, which is why, like, you know, Dubs, I think he was, like, a multiple-time qualifier to World Cup Finals. It's because you could play each of the weeks, and he just got top six, like, multiple times. I had the mindset where I was like, dude, like, and honestly, looking back, I think I was kind of dumb for this because Dubs had it right. Like, he kept trying, and he was just making money because if you got top six, you were still making money in those qualifiers. Um, But I didn't want to play them because I knew that myself, I was not going to try as hard because I was already qualified. So I didn't want to, like, grief somebody else's game because I wasn't trying hard. Like, that was my big mentality back then during the rest of the solo week. So I kind of just played them. I think, like, week three, I, like, trolled them, and I made, like, a YouTube video out of it. I think I made it through to, like, semifinals and was just, like, quadding around the map and everything like that, like, just BSing stuff, uh, just having fun. You're way too nice. You could have just taken, yeah. like, so much money if you just kept playing <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing, dude. I didn't like. I told myself this as well, but I also just straight up didn't want to play solos. Like, I, like I said, this was like respect. Playtime was like just going down, and solos were like awful. So, you know, I streamed like a couple weeks of me going through the qualifiers and stuff like that just to get content out of it. Um, and I love what Bizzle did too. Like Bizzle was doing the challenges back then, where I'm trying to like qualify for World Cup with no guns. Like those were some crazy stuff. Back he made then. a final too. He almost did it. Like, yeah. That would have been really impressive. Yeah, shout out to Bizzle because that guy's that guy's crazy. He's crazy. He's still playing, which is awesome. Yeah. Before this, I was watching some of your your uh, one of your YouTube videos, and it was just like seeing all the names. It was like Vinny and Bizzle popping up, uh, like a poach in there. And it's like, damn, these were were the good old days. Yeah. But, I mean, there's still hopefully some good old days ahead. It just very nostalgic going back and even just talking about it now. Um, I'm not going to let you get away with it, though, because you said you want to come back to playing with, with Tom. So what do you want to say there? Okay, so in my Fortnite career, I feel like the highlight was probably playing um, as much so as the squad as we could have as the Team Liquid, Team Liquid Boys. Uh, you know, those early days, there weren't a lot of squad stuff going on. I think like the... You know, ultimately in like chapter two, season one, it was me, Chap, Tom, and Sis Lucky. That's pretty much the closest we ever got to a full team liquid squad. Um, but definitely some of like my favorite times, if they're if they're not like the favorite, they're probably like second favorite outside of you know, like I said, playing squads with the team liquid uh, squad, was definitely duos with Tom. Like the the back and forth mentality roller coaster that us as a duo I had it was just phenomenal like one day it would be like we would want to like be become w cures and then the next day tom <laughs> would be like dude i want to become the best igl in the game like let's play every single late game and everything like that like it was always just like we didn't really know our roles we didn't really know what to do but we had i, I mean i'm speaking on behalf of tom here but i'm pretty sure he had fun I feel like we had some of the best times just scrimming and playing these like random open like explorer pop-up cups, just which is like random things at the time, and it was so much fun. But playing with Tom and and I love the fact that you mentioned it. He was always trying to break the game, and you would think that like World Cup times, right? Like the game's kind of figured out at the point, right? Like you've pretty much seen it all. But it, it was just always like thinking, like, oh man, like what can we do? Like he was just constant thought throughout his head of how we could do something unique or different or improve on something and 
you know, it's weird to be proud of this because, you know, you look back and it's like, dude, that's like so obvious. But, um, and the fact that we talked about chapter two, season one is funny because, you know, the nades were a big thing that season, the grenades. Yeah. The perfect nading um, people. Yeah. The perfect nading people. And everybody remembers that as like the perfect nading people. But me and Tom had a strat that we used in world cup qualifiers to where we would use perfect grenade launchers. And nobody, I feel like, have you ever heard anybody talk about using perfect grenade launchers? Not really, but we've also rarely seen grenade launchers in comps since then. So, okay, so yeah, yeah, you got to. You guys ruined it but, for everybody. <laughs> no, I think that we were just like, I, I feel like people knew that it was a thing, but like nobody utilized it. But Tom was like, "Dude, if we find a grenade launcher, like pick it up." And literally, the strategy was, is that. I would get, I would get, I would sneak around. Like if we found a, a build, a base of like maybe like a two by one, right? Like just one by ones right next to each other of a duo. I it was our literal plan to, you know, we went to a creative. We had the perfect GLs. We knew the markings, everything like that. And um, the strat was, I would try to find a way to sneak around behind this base or get an angle or something like that. And then Tom would like from some different angle would shoot these perfect GLs. And we would pretty much just like W key these guys. And it worked so freaking well. And I love that because, you know, Tom came up with this idea and we put it into fruition in like literally like one of the biggest tournaments ever. And it was just really, really cool. And on the back foot of, you know, playing so well and everything like that, we ended up getting like 10th uh, was our best, best placement um, in one of the duo weeks. And it's so sad, man. Like the picture still on my Twitter. But I think we got like a five minute queue out of the last game. Like this is this was pretty much the timeline. We had a great like, you know, let's say it was like game like five or something like that. And you know, we have X amount of games left and we have like ten minutes left. We queue up, with ten minutes left, we get a game. And we're landing happy handling. And we lose the yellow spawn fight. Is you know, we didn't lose them often, but we lost this one. And I was like, you know, any full reset, whatever. We have like seven, six minutes, something like that. We get into the lobby and we queue up again. And it's like, all right, let's go. One more good game. We're getting top three guaranteed. And we don't get a game. Like, literally, we straight up do not get a game with, like, five, six minutes left. And it was the most, like, heart-wrenching feeling ever. It's like, dude, like, this was our week. Everything we had was right here. And ultimately, yeah, we died off spawn. Like, we probably could have won that one and played that game out. And maybe got top three. But we didn't get a game. And it was just like, dude, like, what the heck? Um but those times with Tom were awesome, and something that some people know at the time, but we went to a Washington, D.C. to try to get, like, zero ping, and we went there together. We, like, shared a hotel room and everything. Team Liquid hooked it up. Uh, they knew, and somehow, was it, like, the Washington Wizards? Is that, like, the basketball team? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah okay, the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards have, like, a an eSports team, I guess, of sorts. Okay. I don't know what it's called. And uh, so we went to their, like, facility, and that's pretty much where we played it. It was literally like an office space. And somehow these guys had like Alienware 240 hertz monitors, and like beefed up PCs. And that's where we played like these qualifiers for one of the weeks. Um, but it kind of wasn't worth it because Washington, D.C. didn't even end up having zero ping. So we pretty much went from like <laughs> our normal ping at home to like the same thing. But it was cool to be there in person with Tom. Um, but yeah, the World Cup times were fun, especially with Tom. Yeah, I can imagine. And you know throwing you yourself out of your comfort zone of playing at home and like everything mm -hmm. you're used to for 
what turned out not to be an advantage was probably not the best play, but hey, you tried and I'm sure you guys had fun. So, dude, it was awesome. We got Shake Shack like every day, and at one point, dude, apparently, so I come from, um, like like farm fields, like the middle of nowhere, basically, okay. and apparently it's like normal, I guess, for this one school or whatever in Washington D.C. to where when they have lunch, they can like leave the school, hmm. and. I've never heard of this before. Like we were, we were at Shake Shack probably like noon. You know what I mean? Around lunchtime. Uh, like I said, we got Shake Shack probably like five times out of like the three, four days we were there. It's crazy. Um, we're at Shake Shack picking up our Shake Shack, and this group of kids is there. Literally, it's like school kids. They have their uniforms, their school uniforms, and everything. So they all like are dressed the same, and they recognize us, dude. And it's just like, <laughs> what is going on? Like just these like random kids of Washington D.C. recognizing us. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like you'd be a good good person to recognize on the street. You're a very like humble, nice person to talk to. Um, so you know, if I saw you, I'd definitely come up and say hi. You're not too intimidating. <laughs> uh the picture of us meeting this kid is out there somewhere. I don't know if it's on my phone or I think maybe Tom posted it or something like that on Twitter, but yeah. We ended up taking pictures with him and stuff, so it's really cool. Nice. Good for you guys. And so th- there's some more Fortnite, but uh We've kind of chatted a lot about this, and there's a few other things. So let's get to, like, the back half of your career. And, like, you started puttering out, right? You know, it went from being the best in the world, then being one of the top players in the world, to then not necessarily living up to the player you were. What do you attribute that to? Do you think it was a, a lack of effort do you think the interest wasn't there or do you feel like there was other factors that didn't allow you to succeed as well because i mean your last fncs i guess last fncs grand you finished 15th with nanolite so like i would consider that pretty freaking good um and then like after that what happened to where you decided to then stop playing the game um, so I don't know the timeline exactly, but I'm pretty sure that was the last duo FNCS. I could be wrong. Do you know? Yeah. I think it was trios, it's trios after, that. after that. Okay. It was trios after that. Um, first of all, <laughs> I feel like duos, that was probably the last time. Oh, wait, that I sorry. Played... It was solos, then trios after okay. that. Okay. Yeah. We don't, we don't count solos. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, there's no shot that I tried at all in that solos, like for sure. Um, so we'll just say it was duos and then trios. Uh, duos with Nanolite, first of all, it was awesome because, gosh, we were we were terrible at getting eliminations, like straight up. Like if you go back and look at our our match history for that, we probably got like maybe four eliminations throughout those grands. Um, probably probably not actually, but definitely on the low end. But that was probably the last time that I really tried uh, during an FNCS. I feel like and. That was just on the back foot of, you know, scrimming with Nanolite, playing at all the tournaments. I remember landing at the rig. Double heavy sniper was a thing. We would usually get that. But the thing that was terrible about it is that we were going up against Dubs and Mega, like, uh. of all people. Um, so, you know, like, scrims would go terribly. It was just like a grief fest of us trying to, you know... <laughs> like, me and Nanolite versus Dubs and Mega, like, we're just never winning that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just never happening. 
So it's just this grueling thing where it's just like, and I remember talking to the chat. Honestly, I was I was talking to the chat. I was like, dude, like we can't without spawn. He's like, do you want me to like try to help you with like dropping? And I was just like, nah, man. I like, guess not even dropping. It's just just losing the fights like straight up. And it's just you know, serious dubs and mega, literally like the you know really good fighters, really good mechanical players versus like two players that want to just hide all game and play placement. Like, just how it's gonna go. Well, and but if, um, like you're thinking of it now. Dubs and Mega aren't the players they were. They were one of the most prolific duos at the time, like coming yeah, off literally. of dominating World Cup qualifiers and then still being so good. I mean, they're they're great now, but back then they were some of the best players. So it, it only makes sense that they are a freaking tough team to fight off spawn. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, you know, I had the same mindset then, right? Like, you know, I was very openly like i had respect for players and it led to like being almost intimidated in some sense by you know certain players and i feel like an all spawn fight against dubs and mega at first it's like oh dude we're getting contested by dubs and mega but like as these fights went on like don't get me wrong like our win loss on these all spawn fights is probably like 30 70 or something like absurd right like they were definitely winning more but the fights that they were winning it was very like close you know what i mean like we definitely were putting up a good fight but, like if we were just like a little bit better then it would have been like you know it would have been fine but even like looking back and being in those moments, like yo, like we know that Dubs and Mega are really good, and we know that me, you know, me and Analyte at the time, you know, it's like, dude, like we're like placement players, like, and the fact that we were almost winning a lot of these awesome fights, like again, you know, we were losing for sure, but almost winning them was just like, dang, like you know, we're yeah, you know, we're pretty good at this game for you know almost winning these awesome fights, but um, terrible times in terms of scrims. I think in Grands, um, we didn't fight once. Maybe we fought like once. Uh, we, we ended up just like looting up and like walking away which is so funny about fortnite right like you'll play these scrims and you'll fight each other every single game to try to like claim a drop spot but then when it comes to finals like nobody ever wants to fight because it's like why would you like throw your game away right? that was so, in like, your day like... though now kids grief each other in grands <laughs> for off spawn it's very different now it's it's so crazy watching some of the games now honestly but um you know, it had that respect back then where it was like, listen, like, and I feel like Dubs and Mega knew that, like, yeah, if it was, like, 30-70, still losing out on maybe, like, one, two games, it's so detrimental to how you can place, ultimately. And the right. fact that some of those fights were so close in scrims, like I mentioned, like, it was kind of like a gamble. It was like, you know, yeah, we're winning right out, but, like, taking that risk of a lot of these close fights isn't really worth it because you just delay so much. We're landing at the rig, bottom corner of the map, half the time you have to run across the world. Um, so it's just not worth it to fight. But yeah, duo FNCS. That was probably like the last real time I tried. And that's just because, you know, trios, it was just hard to find a trio. Like, I I don't even remember who I was playing, but I don't even think I had a trio. And then, like, out of nowhere, was it me, Sizlaki, and Lazar? Was that my last trio? No, I know, I, the an I know the answer. I know, but... I know who it is. It was me, Chap, and Frist, right? Is that who it is? That was Frosty Frenzy, and then you played with Colazo and D Roller. It looks like for oh, FNCS, and then Sizz yeah. and Lazar were in between, or like before that. Oh man, gosh. So yeah, definitely like trios were like shambles because I wanted to play with Chat. I remember I wanted to play with Chat, but Chat was playing with a another duo at the time. I don't know who he was playing with, but basically I wasn't I wasn't you know picked up by Chat, and. I was just like, dude, like, I just want to play with Chad. Like, at the time, I remember. And I really didn't really go out of my way to look for, like, a trio or anything like that. Uh, and eventually, we ended up ended up picking me up for to try out me, Chad, and Frist. It didn't end up working out. And then, like you mentioned, 
at some point in time, it was me, Sizlucky, and Lazar, which honestly, an, a really good trio. I loved playing with those guys. It was me and Siz, you know, pretty much like really smart players, wanted to play for endgame, kind of like IGL, co-IGL Tarpers. And then Lazar was like straight up like a cracked kid. And I love Lazar because Lazar was one of, I don't want to say best teammates, but in this, in, he was the best at learning from me. And I guess, like, looking back at it, I didn't have a lot of teammates that could have learned from me because, like, a lot of my teammates involved, like, Chap, like, Nanolay, a lot of the people that knew, like, how I played. But Lazar was one of, one of, the, was one of those young guys that was really mechanical, but, you know, he just wasn't smart. And the progression of playing with Lazar, it was very noticeable. Like, sometimes we would VOD review and I'd be like, dude, Lazar, like, you should have done this. And the turnaround time on him, on me saying something and him implementing it into his gameplay was very, very short. Like, the amount of times I had to say something to him to get him to fix something, uh, it was always very, very quick. So I had a lot of respect for Lazar as a player at the time because he was just so good at picking up anything that I had to offer in terms of knowledge of the game. Um, so I loved that trio. We... Got like second place in a cash cup. We were doing pretty good in cash cup sometimes. I think one time we got second place in a cash cup. Lazar's dad unplugged his internet on accident, <laughs> literally. So we like didn't get, we lost first place by like a point. So like us losing Lazar to that disconnect was like definitely the difference maker. Uh, I think we ended up losing that cash cup to, like none other than Chap Booga and maybe like Avery. I think was the trio or something like that. But um, really fun trio. And then yeah, Kalazo D Roller in me. That trio is awesome and weird at the same time. Like, I feel like we never really found our identity, and it's really hard to play with controller players sometimes because, you know, basing some strategies around Storm Surge, specifically around the fact that, like, oh, my teammates can't aim at a long distance was crazy. Whoa. Um, Don't be I mean, hating on controllers like that. It, it is literally meta now for some controller players to get on their keyboard and mouse during Storm Surge and use their keyboard and mouse. So I'm not hating, nah. just embracing the facts. You can't, you can't do that. You lose aim assist. <laughs> but the the AUG and the oh, the really? dot site has changed everything. So like controller players are a little more relevant for that medium to long range aim. But no, I, I definitely agree with what you said. I'm I'm just screwing around. It was meta at one point for sure. Oh, it definitely I was. Yeah, I forgot that they fixed that. Um, but that trio was fun. D roller, D roller is one of the best, dude. He is so good. Um, and every FNCS, whether it be throughout qualifiers, I feel like he gets so many random eliminations and stuff like that. I'm just like, dude, that's that's so D roller because he just likes to get in and he just wins every single fight in this type of situation. So I love him as a player too. But uh, again, the downfall of the career definitely just interest in the game for sure. Like I just stopped playing as much. Um, you know, I remember. You know, timeline-wise, I had a two-year contract with Team Liquid, and that ran out in, I forget what year it was, what, September of, let's see, that would have been 2020, so September of 2020, I believe it would have been, and this was right around the time of trios, I'm pretty sure, don't really know for sure, but my contract was running out, so renegotiations started with Team Liquid, and, uh, you know, re renegotiations happened before my contract actually ran out, right? So we're trying to negotiate, and ultimately, we couldn't agree on... Basically, just came down to, like, a salary agreement, and um, couldn't agree on a number. So I was like, okay, well, respectfully, like, I'm going to hold this offer, and then I'm going to look for other organization offers, and if I don't get anything, then, you know, I probably will resign with you guys. Okay. So they were very, very respectful in that regard. They were like, okay, fine, cool. So I went in the free agency... 
and Cloud9 hit me up at the time. And, you know, all this is going on. And September 26th, I remember the exact date. Uh, I don't don't remember what day I signed with uh, Cloud9. September 26th, I met this girl, yada, 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 rest is history. Um, Not together anymore, but it was a great year and a half. And uh, so meeting her was kind of just like, you know, one, I have this potentially going on in my life now. Uh, Not really crazy on offers that are going on around in the org scene. You know, Fortnite's kind of just like, it's not really been fun, yada, yada, yada. But Cloud9, at some point during this time period, comes in and it's just like, like, boom. Uh, and you can take that as you want it, but it was it was it was crazy time, and um, so whoa, I pretty much. Whoa. What does that even mean? All you said <laughs> is they come in here and boom, dude. I... Gosh, I guess like I say, like whatever. I don't really care. Basically, the amount of money that I was the the amount of money I was offered from Cloud Nine was triple my offer from Team Liquid at the time. Jesus. Okay. So. Literally, I pretty much instantly, like, signed this thing. Like, not even kidding. Like, it was almost, like, boom. Like, okay, I'm on Cloud9. Let's play some freaking Fortnite. And, dude, I don't even think I got to play an FNCS under the Cloud9 brand. Like, I was with them from for three months. Like, I got three months of pay from them. And January, like, 1st. It, dude. Oh, Wait, so they signed you, what, like, in October or November? I remember being three months. So I think it would have been October, right? Because I got October, October pay, October, November, December. So I think so. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Dude, I, I don't even know. Like, we had all these good ideas. I had a nice talk with Jack. You know, we, we, we're all on the same page. Chap got signed as well for, again, absurd number. Like, they were just like, dude, money was just flying at this point. And uh, so we both took it, right? Like, we we're both making crazy money. And, um, you know, come like literally, again, I don't even think we got to play an FNCS under the Cloud9 name. We, you know, we did a couple videos. The, the Cloud9 Fortnite channel did not do as well. Like, if you look at it now, it probably has like 3K viewers on each video. We did a couple alongside, like, I think it was like Frist. Uh, there was two other young guns. What was it? Um, Avery. That's Avery, Frist, and I think it was one with Nosh, maybe? That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I think the young guns, those three are still on Cloud9, if I remember correctly. But, um, you know, so we did videos as the five of us, yada, yada, yada. And honestly, the videos were really, really fun. Uh, they didn't do as well on the Fortnite channel. You know, the, it was really weird because Cloud9 created a whole different Fortnite channel on YouTube. Cloud9 Fortnite is a brand new channel, and they pretty much were trying to use us to build up the brand. And, dude, it's just, you know, a brand new YouTube channel is just hard. Uh, yeah, so the videos time. definitely, yeah, we made like, I don't know, maybe like, Definitely less than 10 videos, maybe like five or something like that. And um, so January 1st comes around. And throughout this whole process of being on Cloud9, we have a manager. And I don't remember his name, but let's just say that it's, I don't know, John. Okay, we have John as our manager. And January 1st comes around. And literally, we get this, maybe it was like a couple days before, pretty much just like thrown in our face that we have a whole new manager. And our first message from this manager, for me and Chad specifically, is like, hey, like, let's have a meeting. You know what I mean? <laughs> and dude, like, I just knew, man. I knew that something weird was going on. I was like, what? Like, what is going on? 
And so Chap has a meeting later on the day. So me and Chap are messaging each other and like, yo, did you get like a meeting? Like you have like a meeting with this guy? It's like, yeah, like and we're like, who is this guy? Yada yada yada. Get into the meeting with this guy. And like, dude, the meeting lasts like, probably like literally three minutes. And the guy's just like, Yeah, unfortunately, like we are we're cutting you from Cloud Nine. And that was it. Like, that was the whole conversation basically. And I I can't remember if he I think I was probably like, okay, well, like, can I ask why? And this whole new guy never had a conversation with him before. He's apparently my manager now. Well, not anymore because he just told me I'm cut. But he's my manager for you know the, the days, the these three minutes. He's my manager, apparently, and uh, he's like, yeah, uh, visibility is is the reason that 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 we're that we're cutting you. And like to this day, I have no idea what that means, but whatever. I remember and, that uh, was a whole meme. I think chap yeah. changed his name to like visibility chap afterwards. Yep. And uh so and the guy is straight up, this guy's like, Yeah, just don't tell chap either, because we're also cutting chap. You know, straight up tells me. And I knew chap had a meeting later on, so I'm like, okay, so this meeting later. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, don't tell chap. First thing I do out of this meeting, I hundred percent told chap, like straight up. Like I was like, dude, by the way, I got cut, like you're definitely getting cut. <laughs> And he he straight up canceled the meeting with the guy, and uh, he was like, "Listen, I know what's going on. I know you cut Vivid. Like, just cut the cut the shit." Um, <laughs> I could and, respect what that guy was trying to do. He was at least trying to like tell him himself rather than like getting fired secondhand. You know, like that is definitely worse than like. Yo, Vivid, go tell Chap he's fired. But, like, obviously, he's trying to be like, at least yeah. from our side, we're the ones saying it to him. Yeah. So, like, I get that, but it is still funny. I get where you're coming from, and, like, definitely that was, like, the goal. But, like, it wasn't even, like, at that point, it wouldn't even be, like, secondhand. Like, we, we got, like, third. I feel like me firing Chap, essentially being telling Chap that he was on the team, was better than him talking to this <laughs> random guy that we had, like, we had a manager for three months, and then he's just gone. There's this new guy. He comes in, and he fires us. Like, it's like, what just happened? Um, and then, like, all these, like, younger guys, like, Frist, Nosh, Avery, their messages, like, yo, like, guys, like, what happened? Like, are we next? Like, what's going on? Um, I mean, but straight up, me and Chad were making, like, way too much money. That was pretty much what the thing was. Like, we were just, like, the offer that they gave us was just absurd. And then, like, Nosh, Avery, and Frist were making, like, normal numbers. So they probably kept them on because they were making normal numbers. But, uh. Dude, I had a three-year contract, dude. I was I was ready to live the rest of my life. Like this money was was crazy. That I was making. Um, obviously, it didn't end up working out. But yeah, at the time, uh, I was like, listen, I didn't get to play in FNCS. It's also um, wild they signed you going into the winter. Like we know now, right? You don't play FNCS. December, January are typically just dead times, right? There's exactly. literally nothing there. They're like, yeah, let's sign you guys, and then damn this was a terrible decision why did we do this fuck we gotta cut these guys and then yeah. uh at least you got what i'm saying months. like it's not even it wasn't even like a performance thing there was no like i, I i'm not saying that i would have done well by any means and any like you know like definitely was playing less didn't enjoy the game as much probably wouldn't have done as well got 15th in duos you know what i mean and then trios didn't go so well but um there was no performance data under the Cloud9 brand from anybody because when they signed us, like you said, there was nothing. The only tournament that we played, it was Winter Royale. And at that time, it was like this, that's when they changed the format. It was like this open thing where like top like 
a hundred got like 200 bucks or whatever it was like everybody was making money so it wasn't like that serious so there was never any tournaments made um i i have no idea and this was also during the time i don't know if if you're in tune with like other esports and stuff like that but this whole csgo thing came out from uh cloud nine and they called it the juggernaut and uh, there was this like this huge revamp of the cloud nine team and they basically threw literal like millions of dollars to pick up some of players and I, like they they must have just got funding or something like that and they just went crazy because they did this whole juggernaut thing they signed me and chap for like absurd amounts of money um so you know whatever was going on over there i have no c9 idea c9 classic because they've done that in other esports where they pick people up yeah and then like just drop them out of yeah. nowhere i remember like hysteria was one of them um and you know hysteria made the point on twitter uh when we mentioned me and chat mentioned that like hey what's going on okay uh, i got a notification my friend to make sure nothing crazy is going on but you know hysteria came back and if anybody remembers hysteria used to play you know fortnite in the other days i think his run-in with cloud nine was around fortnite as well he's like a halo player he loves halo but you know he was on cloud nine for fortnite i'm pretty sure and you know middle of this contract i don't know how long into it you know cloud nine ended up cutting him and the thing that's terrible is, you know, he openly said on Twitter, like, hey, you know, I have like a whole mortgage, right? Like I bought a house. I'm a, I'm a, I was expecting to make X amount of money over the next two years because I have a contract that says I'm going to. And then you guys just cut me. And now my income is immediately cut to zero. And it's just like, like, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, bless my situation because, you know, one, I obviously, you know, made a pretty good penny from, um, prior things prior to cloud nine and a bag a bag one would say and you know i myself that was looking at houses because like i said i was making good money from cloud nine i was like dude now i myself could buy a house like you know what i mean like i can afford it and i'm so happy that i didn't get to the stage where it was like official because you know what i mean like that would have been absolutely terrible um yeah once you buy a house that mortgage doesn't go away and yeah for like, like 30 oh, you years lost your job like so that all happens and then yeah. that was probably the tipping point that you're like screw this i'm done or was there anything else that that's when the that's when the twit longer came out for sure after you know i got dropped from cloud nine um i think it was maybe like two days later i made it twit longer and i was like hey listen it's been fun i'm done you know what i mean like this whole thing yeah i was committed like i had i had an end goal i was gonna you know i was gonna you know be on cloud nine for three years Play Fortnite for the for the time period. Play the best of my ability, you know, stream everything like that, and um, yeah, I just ended up getting cut short. And at the time, it was like, listen, I feel like I've burnt the bridge on the Team Liquid train, right? Cloud Nine is one of me. There was a couple other orgs I was talking to in the process, and uh, I pretty much told them like, hey, listen, I just got a crazy off from Cloud Nine. Sorry that I'm going to cancel this, but I'm going to sign with Cloud Nine because the offer is so absurd. Like literally, like I burnt not burnt bridges, but you know, I pretty much told other orgs like, hey. I'm going with Cloud9. And after three months, like, what am I going to do? Start searching for another org? You know what I mean? And Fortnite at the time, like we said, there was no FNCS for like three months. There's not a lot going on. Orgs aren't really looking for, for players at this point. I'm just, there's just nothing going on. So it's like, you know, there's nothing going on in the game. Um, this org just dropped me. I, at the time, January, this girl that I was talking to, she wasn't my girlfriend yet, but, you know, we were hanging out pretty much every single day. So I just had other things going on in my life that I wanted to invest time into. Um, and so, yeah, I pretty much was just done with Fortnite because I just didn't want to do it anymore, pretty much. And 
know, I said in this tweet longer, I was like, hey, you know, I love Fortnite. I still want to be in the community somehow. I don't know what I'll do. Maybe I'll try to be an analyst of some sort. Maybe I'll try to, you know, do streams. Maybe I'll try to do coaching or something like that. Um, and if not, I was just going to go back to the school because, you know, before Fortnite started, I had two years of college done. And then in that summer time period, when summer scrimmage, everything had happened, I just didn't go back to college, right? I took a, it's called a leave of absence. Uh, basically what that means is my whole account at my university is still like set up and everything like that. So I can go back pretty much anytime. Um, but, uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, you know what I mean? If I, if I don't have a place in the Fortnite community anymore, then I'll just go back to college. So I had a pretty solid plan. And uh, not long after, I got reached out to um, – so I, so I had two kind of, like, avenues that I wanted to kind of maybe go. And I was like, I can either maybe, one, try to get a job at Epic Games. That's very, very stable, right? That would be a smart decision. I feel like I have always kept good relationships with everybody there. Fortnite would be an awesome game to work on because I know so much about it. I'm very, very passionate about it. Or, on the other hand, if I'd be an analyst, I'd you know, join the broadcast team. And uh, that's pretty much what it came down to. Like, unofficially, officially, unofficially, like, I pretty much could have gone either direction. Uh, I had a lot of help from some people at Epic that was like, hey, listen, like, yeah, we can get you in as this or this. And the two options were pretty much, I don't, I don't even know what I would have been doing in Epic Games. I talked to somebody who was like, and I asked him, and I was like, straight up, like, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should try to get a job at Epic Games, try to work there? Or do you think it should be on the broadcast? And the guy at the time was pretty much like, listen, you're fresh off of being a pro player. Your mind's fresh. You know the game. You know, the best you're going to know it over the next couple of years because, you know, the next couple of years, you're, you're not going to be investing as much time. So we really want to get you on the broadcast and utilize that knowledge. So I agreed with him. And that's pretty much uh, how I joined the broadcast. They, you know, they saw that I had said something about being an analyst in my twit longer. And they pretty much just reached out instantly. It was like, hey, listen. Let's do it. And, uh, you know, ever since, been on the broadcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. That, um, I'm happy that you were because up until you, because I don't think Tokata was on the broadcast yet. I think he was slightly after. So yeah. you were the first player that was able to play at a high level that then joined the broadcast. And I feel like those insights were really missing. Because even someone like myself, I could talk about the game all I want, but like I haven't been in that moment, so I, I don't necessarily understand everything the way you would, right? There's a whole different understanding and concept of playing in the game versus seeing what's going on in the game and being able to say that. Um, so I thought that was one of the coolest things. I was like, yes, Vivid's finally on the broadcast and like to me at first i didn't really care who it was i just wanted a player on the broadcast yeah. so someone that was like somewhat aspiring to do that at the time it was really cool to see you then take it and run with it and like you started to say stuff i'm like damn i've never thought of that before <laughs> and it was it was awesome to listen to but then you've you've continued to do that up through this point and uh Hopefully we'll be seeing you at the Invitational here soon because I would love to see you there. Um, but even in studio, right, you seem to really take on this whole challenge, I guess it would be, because yeah. it's a very big ask to ask someone to go from playing video games in front of a computer, not really having to put on like a professional look right and then yeah. doing that online and then doing that in a studio 
and it's such a big ass from someone that was there with you I, I know but you absolutely killed it bro like you first started out as like this shy kid on the broadcast doing it at home and then by the time you got to studio you look like a seasoned professional so like props to you for being able to do that because it's not freaking easy um but how like i'm kind of <laughs> curious like how the hell did you do that um yeah i mean first of all shout out to like the broadcast team straight up because like you said it it, it was pretty much a gamble on their end and, and i mean like there was no like tryouts there was no like okay let's see how vivid does in front of a camera it was pretty much just like like i remember showing up to my first like rehearsal for the first fncs i did and being so confused because it was just like okay we're gonna get into a run through now and it's just like like how how have i just gone from being like, oh, I want to be an analyst. It's just like being here within like two months time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, what happened? Like, there's no, there was no like, hey, yada, yada, yada. It was just like, we're going to throw you into the deep end and see how you do. And um, like you mentioned, there's been a ton of improvement. So again, shout out to the team for like working with me through that improvement. And um, it's just basically like straight up, like, I know one person that helped me a lot was uh, Adam, Adam Savage, you know, being on the desk with me and everything like that through this first couple of FNCSs that I did. Um, being comfortable with the people that you're working with is definitely like a huge plus as well. Like, I feel like everybody that I've worked with so far, um, I've been very, very comfortable with. I think the most comfortable I have ever was was when we had me, you and Adam. So like Let's that go. was like really, really sick. Uh, everybody else has been great. That's that's not a shot at anybody yeah, else. Yeah, we're but just the best. It's okay. We we hung out like, you know, a couple times. We had you know lunch and everything like that. So it was very very comfortable. Um, but yeah, you know, what I mean, a lot of help from pretty much you know people behind the scenes, people that were on the desk with me, co-workers, everything like that. It's like you know, bring your energy up a little bit or talk about this this way. You know, I want to hear this, and you know, that's the tough thing about the broadcast. Like, what do people want to hear? And when I can literally talk about Fortnite for probably like 24 hours straight about like the same exact clip. You know what I mean? Like there's so much that you could break down being very, very selective and kind of like railing it back or pushing it a little bit more was, uh, was something that was hard to do at first because you, know, you don't realize it, but when you're on stage or you're on the broadcast and you can relate to this, but you know, a lot of people at home don't realize is that, you know, 15 minutes on camera, it feels like two minutes. It feels oh, like yeah. you have no time at all. So you have to be very, very selective with what you talk about. And in the early days of the broadcast, it felt like I had like, like chains on me. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> like I, I can only talk for a minute, yeah, but I can talk for like three hours right now. You know what I mean? So that that was probably the toughest thing was real like trying to find what to say and w what's like entertaining to watch. And what helps with that a lot is watching other esports and listening and. You don't, I'm not necessarily in a place to judge other people's work for sure, but as a viewer, as a fan of esports that I've been like my entire life, I'll listen to these things. And I'll listen to hear what I think sounds good and what feels natural, like whatever they're saying, and try to kind of like implement that into my own work. Because you know, let's say that they really took like this deep dive into a play on like Valorant, right? It's like, yeah, I just like to watch other esports, right? See like the analysts on there, like Valorant specifically, if they do like. A deep dive into a play or not not specifically Valorant, it could be any game but if they do like a deep dive analytically into a play like where's the breaking point there like how long can they talk before i'm just like okay like why are you still talking about this you know what i mean type of thing mm -hmm. 
and uh also like how deep into the play they go right because you have a ton of people that are watching especially in fortnite um that are just casuals right and don't understand everything so how deep can you go when it and have it still sound fluent but also still be basic enough for everybody to understand so that's pretty much like the premise of trying to nail a broadcast and what you can say because again don't have a lot of time to talk so what you say exponentially matters like 10 times more because you're not getting a lot of time to talk so you have to make sure that what you talk about and then you also have to make sure that your excitement levels are at a point to where it's not boring for somebody to watch and uh the excitement levels thing has probably been the hardest thing for me because i'm just really like mellow i like to be really really chill like back in the fortnite days i i have like a, a viv bot emote on my channel because people used to literally call me a robot because i would be so emotionless <laughs> whenever like something would happen in the game uh so i've just always been that way but um yeah it's pretty much just going back watching myself on camera realizing like okay i look stupid or i sound stupid right now um you know how can i kind of improve on that and then you know shout out to the broadcast team again because you know we're doing these remote broadcasts and it's comfortable right being in my room this is where i've played video games i'm still sitting at the same desk just a little bit on camera talking about Fortnite, whatever then we get thrown into like a studio <laughs> and it's like, yo, like Viv has never been on the studio before. Right. And they never mentioned that. Right. They were like, yo, like, by the way, like, you know, you've never been on a studio before. Um, but some people, you know, some of my coworkers would, would help over there. They would be like, Hey, like, you know, do you need any help? Yada, yada, yada. But, uh, yeah, just getting thrown into this, the, the studio, the stage, like I had no idea what to expect. Um, Luckily, I felt I, I pretty much just instantly felt very, very comfortable. There were a couple things that I had to learn, like cameras, like usually like three cameras. You got to kind of pretty much always know which one's on so that way you're not looking off in the outer space when the camera's on you and yeah, stuff like that. I was never able to get that. That was the <laughs> one thing that I was just not able to get. I'm like, I'm used to talking to this one, right? And now yeah. you guys are moving around. I got to figure it out. But like, I can relate to all of that, the, especially the shortened time period because you say 15 minutes but so much of that is scripted where yep. we have to talk about leaderboard format scoring like previous placements or something like that so it's really two to five minutes maybe considering there's like two two analysts and then also a yeah. host of like actually getting to say <laughs> something of like not relevance but something you wanted to bring up at like a, a beginning exactly, of yeah. a, a broadcast so that is really tough and i feel like no one that hasn't been on that side understands it's like you get no time to actually go into things but in between games i i liked because we actually had first i think it was five minutes and then they pushed it to eight so we had some time to talk yeah. about things which was nice yeah the uh, the new storm surge kind of helped out with that too because the games usually Sometimes they don't go to the ninth zone, right? So that extra time that you lose at the end of a game is just pretty much just added on to the broadcast naturally because you have to cut the game right after like a victory round and you come to the analyst. So you have a couple more minutes. So that was kind of like an adjustment as well, right? Like had a couple more minutes in between those games because of the storm search. Um, but yeah, like when you're watching a broadcast, you, you can kind of feel like somebody's talking forever. But then when you're like on stage, it feels like you've only talked for like 30 seconds. It's like, oh man, did I say more? Like, did I say the right thing and stuff like that? But a lot of it just comes down to like trusting yourself. Um, and what helps a lot is, you know, I know that you uh, do a lot of 
you know, external work when it comes to like Fortnite and knowing the game. And then I myself played for years. I just know a lot from playing for years. And then, you know, somebody like Reese as well, who's always invested in the game, like having just like a constant knowledge bank that you know is true. You know the facts, you know what you're talking about. Like it pretty much just makes the job almost do itself because one, passionate about it, right? It's a topic that everybody on the broadcast loves to talk about. And then two, you can back that passion up with knowledge and all the right information. And that's pretty much your job is to be an analyst. You want to speak on the right information. Um, so it just helps out a ton having that knowledge bank for sure. And then being confident on the stage. I, I mean, I really don't have any idea where that came from. I know that I've been to like lands before, um, you know, Katowice had a crowd, uh, world cup obviously had a crowd. It was a stage, everything like that. So as a player, I've had experience on a stage, so maybe that kind of like transitioned, a, you know, well, uh, in some sense. Yeah, it but, didn't um, feel new to you. Yeah, it felt like something that was just like, okay, I walk here, I walk there, and to kind of learn what to do with my whole body as opposed to you know like my upper body, right? Because this is broadcast, right? Yeah. Uh, just torso up. You have a shirt on, you know, whatever. Come into the studio, your whole body shown. You got to worry about your pants, your shoes, your, where your hands are at, everything like that. Where everybody else is at on stage you know where's the screen but just being like self-aware and i feel like i've always had like you know awareness of my surroundings so uh, the transition on the stage was was pretty pretty easy i didn't really have to do any work for that honestly just can't kind of came naturally um obviously watching some of the stuff back like uh, this past season we had a coach and he was awesome like he would he pretty much told all the talent he was like listen everybody here's really really talented and i don't even need to be coaching you that's pretty much what he said Hmm. and uh but so when it comes down to that is like if you don't have to if you feel like people are good enough to to where you like you can't really coach them like he just got really really nitpicky with like really really small things so having that coach there to like nitpick about like the small things like he mentioned sometimes my eyes would like flicker so if i'm looking at the camera like sometimes they would like move a little bit and uh, i realized that because i have this thing where if I'm having a conversation with somebody, and I learned this early on, I don't, I don't remember where I read it or where I learned it, but somebody mentioned that if you're having a conversation with somebody, it's really, really polite to look at their eyes, right? Like you want to have a conversation, you look at somebody's eyes. Right, it shows well, you're so paying attention. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes having a staring contest with somebody during conversation is awkward. So the thing was that I learned was if you look like right here in between their eyes, it still looks like you're looking at them. But like on your side of things, you're not like just staring into their eyes. So it kind of like helps you keep a conversation with somebody. And I feel like I was starting to kind of do that with the camera where I would maybe like flicker between the actual lens and maybe like a little bit above the camera. So in my mind, I wasn't staring into the souls of people, but I was still looking in the general direction. You know what I mean? So it still looked professional and good. And I feel like I was kind of flickering between that. But he made it a point to let me know that like my eyes were flickering a little bit. But now I just pretty much just straight up look at the lens. And uh, I just got comfortable looking at the lens. Um, so little things like that uh, can always improve on. Hell yeah. But, uh, you know, the invitational-wise, you know, if I do get to work on that, I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, the difference there is going to be, yeah, we're going to be on a stage. But there's also going to be a live crowd. So now, like, we're just ramping up my experience and stuff like that. Like, every single season, I feel like I've either had to work with somebody new or I've had a completely different landscape when it comes to the broadcast. So constantly improving and rising to the challenge has been uh, really, really fun. And it's kept the job itself um, rewarding and like interesting. 
That's cool. I'm, I'm glad you've enjoyed it because it, it easily could have gone the opposite way. Um, and then me and I'm sure a few other people would be upset that Vivid wasn't on the broadcast anymore. But keep <laughs> crushing it, man. I mean, you've been definitely providing a ton of value and entertainment on the broadcast. Um, you always bring something new, which I, I appreciate. And you mentioned like Reese and I hit some VODs, but I know you hit the VODs as well. You don't just rely on your previous experience because as much as you, you like to be humble and not talk yourself up, uh, I know from when we work together, you love to go out, like go back, watch the games, be like, oh, I, I saw this. I want to go back, look at it and understand what happened. So I appreciate that as a fan of just watching <laughs> Fortnite. So keep doing you, man. It's uh, definitely shown. Um, we are well over an hour. I didn't expect wow. to get here this quickly. Um, <laughs> I would love to keep chatting, but unfortunately today is not one of those days where I could have a two-hour long podcast. Um, we'll get to FNCS. I, I told you I could talk about Fortnite for 24 <laughs> hours, dude. Like, don't get me going. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I know. I'll have to have you back here. and We could talk about the Invitational when it gets closer. For sure. Um, but I got a couple of wrap-up questions for you. First of all, thank you so much for coming on, Sharon. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Uh, we'll get you back here soon. But where does the name Vivid come from? Like, how did Vivid become the gamer tag? <laughs> this question is always so funny. Um, so I mentioned one time that I played, you know, before PC. God, I should have told that story. Different time. I used to play on Xbox, and um, I would always switch my gamer tag. Right? Like, it was like a normal thing to do, maybe like every six months to a year. And, uh, you know, I had random names like Ninja Excel or Crazed One. You know, pretty much every every generic sounding kind of gamer tag that you could ever really ask for. And uh, it just came to the point where I, like, I wanted something to kind of describe my gameplay. And, you know, because I wanted to dominate lobbies. I always wanted to be good. I always wanted to be the best. That doesn't even matter. So the first kind of thought that came to mind was, like, destruction, right? Like, I wanted to cause destruction in all these lobbies. Like, I wanted to be the chaos, the organized chaos. And so I looked up words that meant like kind of like destruction or, or stuff like that. And I found the word calamity, uh, which is a really cool word. I never really heard it before. And I pretty much learned it from this experience. And uh, but I didn't want my name to be calamity. Right. I, I wanted something to describe uh, calamity. Right? Like what kind of calamity are we talking about? Like I, I wanted an added little extra step there. And I pretty much this was the hardest part. I, I was trying to find like a descriptive word. Right. Like crazy calamity or you know what i mean something to google's amplify. descriptive word yeah exactly <laughs> and um eventually i came along the word vivid and i was like dude like vivid calamity that sounds crazy you know what i mean like i don't know like, to me it just hit different and that's that's what i wanted my gamer tag to be so my gamer tag from there on out was vivid calamity and uh you know everybody just called me vivid and everything like that, which is great. It's so funny because, you know, I had friends that are all these gamer tags, and they would pretty much switch up what they called me <laughs> based on my gamer tags. So shout out to them. But Vivid is the one that ended up sticking. Vivid Calamity is still my Xbox gamer tag. Never ended up changing it. That's I pretty much when I came to PC. A lot of, like, PC games, it's a lot easier to kind of choose your name, I feel like. Like Steam, you can have whatever. Discord, you can have whatever. So I just carried over what everybody called me and, and just named myself Vivid. Makes sense. I like that. Shorten it down. No one's calling you Vivid Calamity. Come yeah, on. I can't like, be like, yo, Vivid Calamity, I need your help. Too many yeah, exactly. Too much, too much. Um, and then secondly, 
What's your favorite Fortnite skin? Dude, honestly, everybody always like my the alpha that I was known for back in the day was the Jungle Scout. Um, but there have been so many that came out as a recent. Um, gosh, what's the one that they just added? Like the Naruto ones? Like all the collabs are really cool. I'm a big Marvel guy, so all of the Marvel ones to me, like as a collective, is just really really cool to have into the game. And if I had to pick one though. You also have an absurd amount of skins. I don't want to talk about it. I have <laughs> I have so many, and, and I still I I have the uh, the crew pack going right now, so I'm just gaining an outfit every single month. Um, Did you get level 100 this season. This season, uh, otherwise you're no, missing out. I don't think so. But I did last season because I got the Doctor Strange one. I think Doctor Strange Doctor Strange is like my favorite Marvel movie. But okay. I think Doctor Strange is probably my favorite outfit. Okay. But I haven't gotten uh I haven't gotten level one hundred this season yet. I haven't played I think, a lot this season, honestly. I think it's Darth Vader is the yeah. level one hundred. So you gotta get the grind on. Come dude, on. I got like I got like another like what? When's the season? Like another like month plus, dude. I'm I'm chilling. Maybe. We'll see. Who knows? <laughs> um and lastly, Vivid, uh where can people find you? Uh give yourself a shout. What are you gonna be up to? Um just look for me on all things Fortnite. You know what I mean? You never know when I'll pop at some of these events. Uh, you can look me up on Twitter at VividFN. Do not tweet near as much as I should anymore. Kind of <laughs> over the whole social media thing. Um, but yeah, hey, listen, sometimes I tweet about the, the FNCSs that are going on, some of the competitions and stuff like that. So if you're interested in some of that, find me there. Appreciate you. Thanks so much, man. And Thank you guys for listening at home. We appreciate you wherever you are, YouTube, Spotify, some other playlist where you're able to listen to audio stuff. Uh, if you have any complaints, questions, concerns, you can send me a DM. Somebody's gun on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you guys for listening.